Welcome to Nairobi Chapel Embakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Was money something that was intentionally trained in you? Did you did your mom tell you stuff that helped you um, shape what you're doing with money today or how you're interacting around it? And then, stand there from there. Karibu Asante. Uh, once again, and you, that is my name. Uh, I'm glad to be here. It's always a pleasure to fellowship with you guys. And uh, we were with, we only were with Pasi when, when I was in South. And so he was a very big influence uh, when I was doing my pastoral training. And so is that also, I think, I don't know whether you know this, but you are a significant element in our wedding video. Because you prayed for us when we were just, yes, we were just exchanged for us. So, to make a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little So, I am, like you mentioned, a businessman. Uh, I want to demystify that. Uh, because when you say that, it looks very lofty. I had options today in terms of. Uh, we were discussing the money. What should you wear? What are you going to discuss? You should portray. So the 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 official material. I'm like, no, you you do that. You, you know, you create a different impression. And so Nigeria, Steve Jobs was one day. You know, t-shirts, jeans, and here I am. So I, by training, I am an architect. I am in construction. Uh, that might appear like it's the influence to everything else I do, but it's not. It's what I started with. I still practice. I started my farm eight years ago, uh, or rather 7.75 years ago. <laughs> and so, Munga Medifikilia, we went through COVID, it was difficult, but we have survived. Uh, that's what I do, supposedly, from 8 to 5. It's not from 8, doesn't mean at 5, but yes, on paper, that's what it is. I am also a farmer. Like you've had, we farm in the moon, my wife and I. So we are very simple farmers. We, we just do daily and chicken. No lies in God's house, to Ferrari. No lies, no lies, no lies. So we, we currently do daily and chicken, Kenyaji chicken. So yes, that's what we do literally from six to six. Now literally six to six. And then also, I am a consultant in matters construction. It's a totally different thing. So it's more financial planning. Uh, procurement support and also uh, material uh, specification support for constructions everywhere, be it industrial work, be it residentials and everything. So I'm, I'm the lead construction project manager, big long term, in architecture in Africa. So that that's now where my architecture also plays in. I, I want to think that I, I, I love architecture, so I don't want to sound you, you do, you do. <laughs> don't sound as though you don't know, don't, don't know Iskuma, but in a nutshell, that's what I do. Monday to Monday. Uh, I'm supposed to say ministry somewhere, we are working on that. And so that's part of the conversation that we were having also when it comes to financial freedom. So, yes, in a nutshell, that's where I am now. My history uh, I am 30 years old, 31 years old. He is 31? Any sorry no 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 heart no heart. Yeah, so uh, I tend to think of myself as not so young but also not so old. Uh, yes, uh, I grew up in Mombasa. That's where I was born and raised. 
uh, studied till high school, at this school, and I am glad I did because we went to a school where I had the chance to leave the gate to go and look for lunch. So in Mombasa, that's a good class. That, that, yes. So I ate well. It did show, but I did. So I think growing up, uh, there are those talents you see in children, and those who are parents, or even of all the children, you notice that. And so usually, and I joke around a lot with where my kids are concerned, uh, when I was announcing my, my daughter was born, I was like, we now have a new surgeon. And when my son was born, <laughs> so we joke around a lot like that because it's, it's, it's regular in Kenya homes. You know, you, you think you dream big for your children. But I, I was very artistic when I was young. And so when other parents were pushing their children to do medicine, to get into law and the likes, I always knew I was going to be an architect. Well, hopefully that the grades will catch up. So, and I didn't regret it because I, I also enjoyed quite a bit. Of course, as you get older, your interests pretty much, you realize that if you, you find yourself in many circles, different circles from what you've been trained in. But yes, that's, I finished in 2014, and that's what I've been doing until now. So, growing up, there's one common thing in, let me not say all, but most Kenyan households. Whenever you request something from a parent, what's the response? Akuna pesa. Like, like that was default <laughs> setting. You know, it's almost as though if there was any sign of there being money in that house, it would be very shocking. You know, we would we'd call a press conference and we want to discuss, we want to address the nation that we have money. You know, so that was, that was the default setting. And my mom was a serial entrepreneur and she was very learned. Not because she got uh, opportunities and you know, she, the fees was always there, but because she, she loved money, so she kept uh, specializing one bit after the next. And so I had an example where you have an academician. How many diplomas does she have? Right now she has nine. How many degrees? Three. How many masters? Two. And a PhD? On the way. <laughs> and so... Copy your mom, copy your mom, copy your mom. And so the, the assumption when you hear that is very learned uh, equals a lot of money. It's, it's not really the case. And I think those who are academicians in the room can attest to that. You know, money just makes, or rather, uh, studies just make sure that you are usable. But now, what output comes at the end of it, it's, it's a different story altogether. Okay? And, but at least I have an example of a lady who would always be in school. For the length of the time that I have known her, she has always had assignments, exams. It's a part of her life. In fact, during my diary ceremony, she came late because she was coming from an exam. It was that, it was that kind of a situation. So there was that, but also, uh, she came from a very difficult background. She was the eighth one of a second wife. And so, I think my granddad had over 20 children, and she was more or less like number 20 out of 22, you know, there about. And so, by the time it's getting to you, you know, money is for you go and study. Have you? eaten, then you could. Don't tell me the number of city you want to order. Rarely the case. Okay? And so she had to self-teach, she had to self-finance her studies. And so she had to work hard because here there are three children who need to go to school. And because she didn't have the best education in terms of going to the best schools, she had us to go to the best schools. On top of that, my father passed on when we were young, and so she was a single mother. And so we make sure I can get five for my, my children to study in good schools. Uh, you want to also keep studying. 
and you have bills to pay. It was a difficult situation, and so she would do businesses here and there. Majority of them, I still do not know them to date, uh, but the ones that we were exposed to were what she would tell us to do at home. So we had a lot of broiler chicken, a few hundreds for the thousands at some point. So she used to do broiler chicken, and then she also had tents for events, tents, chairs, the likes. And so we were working inventory records for her business, you know. <laughs> You come from school, the first thing you're supposed to do is make sure the chicken are fine before you attempt to do your homework. Go on to you if you have dinner, come out and the home. You know, it was that kind of a situation. So, Nigeria, Maji, Chakula, Dawa, Yonaikuli, Akam Gonjo, Isometry, just the whole thing. And that was back when I was eight, nine years old. Okay? And that, I tend to think that I was much older because now my younger brother, who was the last one at the time, and my mom remarried and we had two other siblings. But at the time, my younger bro was three years younger than me, so that's five. So he was exposed to this at the age of five. And so you're supposed to always keep records because now you have neighbors who come and ask for, you have chicken and water, use here, kind of a situation. And so when I'm not there, my younger bro would, would come. My older sister was in boarding very early, so it was pretty much my bro and I. Okay? And so there's that, and then those were the easy days. Monday to Thursday were the easy days. Friday was the worst day because we shooting in games usually. You come home tired, and chances are highly likely there's an event tomorrow. <laughs> highly likely. So you come, take inventory, these tents are going, make sure that uh, we, we have that loaded, it goes to site, it's set up, then you come home. Then you do your homework. <laughs> <laughs> all that, all that going on. Yes, then it's then sleep. I'm supposed to be in bed by nine. So make sure you're, you're not only doing all that, you're also managing your time, you know. So there was that. I think at some point I got so tired of, because, you know, turnover, in Mombasa, turnover is really high, especially when they're doing manual work, because the culture there is, there is a limit to hard work, you know. Like, hard work should not kill you. You know, so it's one of those situations. So without turnover, I was always training, retraining, retraining, retraining new, new uh, manual laborers. And you see, it's, I don't know how, back then it didn't make sense, but now it does. You know, going, getting a job, and then you, you, your, your boss tells you, here is a 10 year old who will walk you through. It's, it's very uh, difficult to deal with, you know. But that happened, and so I had to sketch out, I made a whole manual of all the terms, and how to assemble each and every of them. Inventory. So it was just checking boxes. Now that the age of 10. So this exposure, not to mean that I had the best life, you know, it was a difficult life. But I appreciate the fact that we were thrown into the deep end. Because at that time, my mom was here, Venda Wapi, clearing and forwarding, you could not tell here, and then So she would, you'd hear these things from her conversations on phone. So granted, of course, uh, nothing is perfect. You have all that, but you also have a very reduced time with your parents and you're forced to understand life on your own. You know, it's nothing's ever perfect. There are always pros and cons to everything. But that was my situation growing up. Now getting into high school, uh, I now had to study to take a uh, keen interest in my studies. I, I don't think at any given point I was I didn't enjoy my studies, but I think high school alone when all those it is drilled in you, you are what your grade is. You know, so you want to work hard, and I was unfortunate to to lose two terms because uh, of 
illness. And so illness surgery, so from three, I think from two, up no, from three second term, I didn't do my final, the end term exam. And the next time I was showing up is when indexes are being dished out in form four. And that's when they've covered so much of the syllabus, you know, like, <laughs> your grade is what you are. <laughs> I do want to repeat, I don't know, I think, I, as, a, as a child, you know, you think of your friends, the circle you've got, you're like, ah, how are When you look at this, the class uh, that is right after you as toddlers, you know, like, you poor can barely even eat that, right? <laughs> I cannot picture myself with you. So, I went and fortunately or unfortunately, I finished with a class and I got into <laughs> <laughs> Firstly, I finished the class. I want to and, and you missed from probably from three thirty to four thirty from four four end of first term. So did you submit? I won registration. Yes. I, as we as we were. <laughs> Interestingly, I like I mentioned, I liked learning. So when I was in the hospital bed, uh, you have your principal of biology just go through it, and these are probably interesting things. So. <laughs> uh, that was now getting into 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 campus. So I wanted to repeat, but my mom refused. I I don't know whether I agree with her to date because I always knew that if I can get that, then I can get an A, and then I can go, you know, scholarship, maturity, all that pressure. But my mom said, "You just watch your head." So fortunately, she was able to afford at the time. <laughs> she was able to afford uh, the pilot program, so I went to to Jokenyata University. Very difficult because I've come from coast. Remember when I mentioned this thing to do with uh, I leave Atlanta to go and look for the best pilau uh, out in the market, and they would, you know, they would be competing and So we would enjoy, you know. I know I've used the inverse of that in the valley. That can immediately tell you what I got into Swahili. So, so going into campus. Now from Mombasa, we used to eating good food. And first year, all about grades, grades, because you see coming from high school there, you want to take years old, okay? And so first year went well, uh, I did well, and I thought, ah, now I can focus on other things. Because Wait, in first year, who, who was the best in the class? I, 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 I had talked about that year, <laughs> going on, head on the left. Which was, I think that was my goal, because you know, you're in class with Alliance, man, and they're telling you how, uh, hi, my name is so and so, and I came from Alliance. Like, <laughs> that should make my life the world spin faster. But anyway, <laughs> so uh, second year, I now decided because I really struggled through the first year. I didn't have any friends. Second year, then I now hit me. You know, I come from Mombasa, the minute I land in Juja, you have food that basically looks like the guy was like, Sibora Niva. <laughs> You know, and so I really struggled with that, and I thought, how many of us struggle like this? So I started a food takeaway point with the money that I was getting from my small to old job at Napalia. So you 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 sat down and said, uh, me, I've had enough of this food. Yes. I want my own food. Yes. So instead of going to buy nice food, you set up a business. Yes. I attended. Also because my mom was struggling at uh, that time to pay fees. And upkeep, so I told her if I can come up with an idea, which you know, most of upkeep is practically food, uh, rent for whatever hostel or whatever you're, you, you're, you're staying in, and then also small costs like printing in a print assignment. I'm on uh, many people would print one assignment and 
just a name, not just. Yeah, but anyway, we're not going to those details. But those are mainly the, the, the costs we, we would have to worry about. And so I thought, if I started a food business, I wouldn't buy food. And I started another business where I still have to buy food. And we do that, and that solves many people's problems, and my own problem. So I, I did that. Uh, it was a difficult year. I think I never understood why some causes are that long and that intense. That you go and do something else elsewhere. That's when you realize your grades will be like, eh. Uh-huh. So second year was really difficult, really difficult. But the business went on well. We had our normal teaching problems. You see, you have staffing to worry about. We had had, a, I think, a, a 45-year-old guy from Basa, a chef. Very experienced. He was at a cost. You know, someone coming with about 25 years experience, you will pay for it. So, <laughs> but the good thing is, uh, we we had a very good experience in terms of breakfast and wake up and eat good food because the cuisine was costly through and through. You don't get that in Juja at the time. So, <laughs> so that was that was good. Uh, you leave class, you put your rush before you have to make sales for lunch. So classic Isha 12, what I can get because now students start streaming in from 31. <laughs> if the lecturer wants to extend, I miss the rest of that class and go in. So because the only staff member we had was the chef. We didn't have uh, people to park, we didn't have people to serve, etc. So that was myself and my best friend at that time. So we were we were the KYMs. So after that, that steep learning curve, of course we we struggled, we realized that it's hand to mouth because once you pay the salaries and everything, you basically left it nothing. But at least I could afford my rent. My rent was 3,000, so I was like, ah, sour, here you go. So, we were given notice by the end of that year by our landlord to check, and we were like, eh, okay, fine. But because we were so tired, you know, after doing all that and that very unkind learning curve, we were like, it's fine. Only for him the next semester to open up a restaurant. Exactly where we are. Hard life nation. So that's Kenya for you. Yeah, that is Kenya for you. So the learning curve didn't end upon terminating the business. That was the interesting bit, but we move on, we solve it So of course with the struggle that I went through in with that business, I learned that hey, you have to think bigger than you have to think bigger than that because today it's you, tomorrow you have a family. And their costs will not care whether you're struggling or not. They just be like, you know what, I, I, I need to go to school. And then God can surprise you with triplets. You know, they're like, oh, one child. <laughs> school fees can't. Now he gives you three, and you're like, hey, I have to be prepared for that, you know. And so I thought, let me look into businesses which are least into their, uh, are not as intensive, but make money. So I ventured into, I, I invested heavily in, in, in research because. What I learned was you can quickly burn money that you take and so no to, to to amass. And so when I came to time and research, I, I researched widely. And I didn't research specifically in one field. So most of the guys I was looking at, most of the stories I was seeing were all circling back to basic needs. Basic needs. Basic needs. And I think also that's the basics for Nico Dangota. You have a lot in the spine uh, industries in the country. And so I thought, fine, let me take more time to, to research on farming. And, and researching, uh, was it practical? Was it you talk to people? Yes, most of it was uh, looking online, uh, reading. The good thing is YouTube has so much, so much. 
you know, and you see practical stories, it's almost as though you visited farms. But I also visited some farms and was able to see this is the general life of the person. Because you see a YouTube video will show you the highlights. But you see, it does show you the sacrifices, it does show you the tedious nature of whatever they're doing. And so, I would visit some farms, that's when I stumbled upon so many things, from potatoes to onions to pigs to rabbits, and I was like, fine, now, let me zero in on three. So I zeroed in on rabbits, onions, and potatoes. Why? Because of their, they were not as intensive, uh, and their buyback period was very, was very short. So you see, rabbits will pay you back every three months. Uh, potatoes will take about four to five months. Uh, onions, it's six to seven months, but you forget about it. And so I thought, if you start small and you grow it, then you can do so much for one acre. Yes. So that's what I, that was the easy part. Researching was the easy part. The hard part was telling my mom. Yes, telling your mom, give me a year off school. <laughs> so that I can settle this up. Then you wouldn't even have to pay fees. You know, so I thought, I am setting her convenience, you know, like, Forget about this struggle, you know. Yeah, hey, what about the rest? Me, I divide. Hey? Yeah. I think you would understand if that never happened. So I knew, ah, then fine. Let me focus on my studies because she's making a big deal about finish your studies. Farms are not going anywhere. This business is not going anywhere. You can start them whenever. So I said, fine. Let me see how to better my immediate uh, career or my training. So that's now in fourth year. I started seeing, uh, or looking at the statistics uh, in terms of when I leave this place, what am I expecting? So as much as I tend to think of myself as thorough in my job, the statistics were a bit underwhelming. So you're seeing that uh, every year we have about 400 graduates in just the core of architecture. And the slots that we open up from registered firms are less than 100 every year. Now you see the 400 of you and those are the people who just graduated, who are not the most idea. So you have guys who've, who've lost their jobs in the last five years, who are tamaki, who have experience, who are still learning for them, 80, 70 job opportunities. So what is the obvious thing to ask you, humanly speaking, of course, because I know our, our pastor here will say, trust God, <laughs> you are the head of the table. But, but realistically speaking, Realistically speaking, you would see yourself more likely to appear in the unemployed bracket. Unemployed bracket. So I thought there are two ways to this. Either I quit the industry altogether, or I just find a niche that I can service as I wait for a good job. You know, So I looked at what architecture uh, looks like outside the borders of this country and how to present and how to solve problems. I assessed what the common Kenyan client looking to build will will keep facing and so i thought let me just learn this thing so for the next two years uh, invested heavily time-wise i did not money to invest but time-wise <laughs> I, I invested heavily in uh, learning software different ways to present uh, i started presenting purely in 3d and of course that also boosted my studies i did well because of that but i also learned a lot to do building technology because an architect can tell you this room will fit X amount of people, put windows here, etc. Okay? But a lot come and tell you, uh, you'd rather use this kind of segment than this kind of segment because of ABCD. You can cut down your costs 
uh, no, on with APCT. You know, you'd rather want to steer clear of aircraft because you cannot use that water for food. Details like that. So the more you expose, the more you learn, the more value you have. Uh, so getting to my graduation, I started getting a lot of things from other actors. I think because they realize they make them look good. You know, they, what they don't have, I've just jazzed you know. So God will, or rather, I thank, thank God I didn't, I didn't go hungry. I still wasn't employed, okay? And that was well into my prediction. But architects make sure that you can make happen a family. And I'll get things if I get there, 20k there, 20k there. So, directly to a top international firm. And they tell you, as you are paid twice a month, it's about 100k every things. You know, it's always someone to discourage you, but at least you know where you are. See your fine. See your manager. So, me and my Benzika and Rezambu work it. So, uh, that was now getting into my first few years, and then one of the clients made me full time. So I got my first job after a year, if I call it a job. Yes. Still in school? No, not the same enough. Yeah, you finished now. Yes. So after that one year, I started working for this guy. Uh, this guy had big projects, huge. Konza and Tattoo, you name it. But they were very limited. So I was a cog within the system. Okay, and so within just one bit, and I realized after a whole year, I had only done four projects. And previously, I was doing about a project to two projects per month. So that was, I felt I wasn't growing. And when I approached him, in terms of giving me a challenge, he terminated my contract. And so I was like, okay, cool. So I was three months away from my wedding. I had seen how my wife is going to be comfortable. You know, in the end, I showed that I'm spacious. And then all that I was just boom back to back to to zero or square one. I didn't think of it was a zero, but it was really zero. You know, but that happened. So I took a month to just recalibrate and think, how do I how do I do this? Do I move the wedding? As a man you're also thinking, why am I taking this lady out for a job? Do I let her go? But she loves me. I love her. But we can't teach love. You know, so the next question. So the difficult question I thought, you know what? Just trust God. And so I did Finara at the time. And continuing with pastoral training. Uh, I wasn't, by the way, pastors are not so well paid. Please, please. Uh, but, <laughs> yes, uh, I was doing that. Then I fell sick. I think now we got married. After a lot of that's another whole story altogether. Yes, I remember one of my one of my uncles when we were in the dowry payment in the Russia. Part of his virginity, the story was like, Oh, you got on a train to a pastor, Hannah Pesa, Momorovia. I'm like, Ouch, but it went to my favor. And you know, but anyway, I got married. So the interesting thing was a lady who was married, who was working, they didn't come and say me nothing. But anyway, I think and the other man here. And so I thank God for that. My coffee the lady, boy. My coffee the lady. And the other So that happened, then I got into Kinawa and then I fell sick. Terribly sick. 
fatalistic. And my wife at that time was trans, was transferred to Mombasa, and she had been working on a transfer back to Nairobi. And so I was not working. As an entrepreneur, you, if you don't work, you don't eat. It's, it's that simple. See at HR, see at ICT. You can afford to leave, you know, rent to leave. So, my wife was the only solid income we had at the time. But she's in Mombasa and I am dying in Nairobi. It was the bedridden situation where I'm not going to live with my friend because I can't even stand up to go and get a glass of water. And so she had the difficult situation of do I quit my job, take care of my dying husband, hopefully die and die, you know, or do I do I keep working because what do we eat? And so as the man, what do you think? What do men think I decided? Men <laughs> that she continues working, that to put enough at least at least to go to the door. What do you think my wife did? <laughs> she quit her job. With zero. With zero in the house. <laughs> so now, you know, <laughs> I think also one of the most difficult lessons, I don't know, there are many older husbands in the room and they'll, and they'll comment on this differently, but it took a lot for me to understand one vital lesson in my marriage, and that was the first year. So, I learned that my wife is not my daughter. She's my wife. And I'll have to trust her. I can make my point known. I can share it. I can even do a bullet point presentation if I need to. But at the end of the day, it's between her and God. And after that, it's to take to my knees and pray that God, please, let her see the sense of what I'm trying to say. And so she would still decide what she wanted to do. And what she was doing was because she had to serve her husband in sickness and in health. Because dude, you are really sick. I was really sick. I remember the, the, the time I came to chapel. Yes. To the office. Yes. And the other one who was there, I, I think I had rented twice in the month. I was living in Chetimao. Yes. Pass out on Amshanakonda. Second day, and Nikafika in a barely getting to the office. I figured I just collapsed up on Kupakiti and Fred was just like, do the down. But like, no, we are serving the Lord. You know. <laughs> And you are like, he's like that already. No, and so I, I just went home. And for some two, three months, we were depending on friends, you know, admission uh, and it was very embarrassing. I, I know many would know what that feels like. You know, it's, it's very embarrassing. And you're thinking, you know, my red thing will have a place above never hurt. You know, but then you're thinking, if we move, we'll have to move back when things are okay because there are the children involved. You've wasted so much time for the right place. You really blessed me to a touch and a character manager. You know, kind of a situation. So it was difficult. But for those three months, I said recovering. And so I could start working again. But everything I had learned in, high, in, in campus, all those things, they had not gone anywhere. I knew the lessons, I knew the fact, I knew the stats. I knew where I wanted to start. And so by that time, because I started my, my farm immediately graduated, I didn't do it. So it was still continuing, it was still in existence, but now I was now on Kia 5, you know. So looking for clients, looking for contractors who need design services. This is a architectural firm. Yes. So I started with that, because that's what I had. 
you know, God will ask you what you had with this stuff, and that's what it is. And so, that's where it began. Uh, but still struggling, because you work so hard to get 50k, you're like, fire. In Pesanzori. But that 50k, you struggle three months to get it. And so, how much you pay for rent? How are you surviving? And so, I remember my wife has quit. <laughs> now, I look back now, there was a decision we made which I didn't. I look back now and I'm shocked that I made that decision, but we decided, let's have a child. <laughs> so all of this, all of us, what a baby, a baby. At least, you know, like we have a child, someone we are raising, the way that we look at We don't know that these are pampa governors. We know this. They will consume every minute. But, we are not complaining about it. So my wife is thinking, I've quit my job, I want to look for another job, but I'm not pregnant. Who will hire you with maternity leave inside? Okay? Now, when we are getting closer to, to, toward the delivery, my wife would be George, anything to do with children, motherhood, she's the first time now. You know, what expression she is, she, she'd be like, hey, do watch what I'm like, ah. I bet for my, for my, for my opportunity, I will experience my own story, you know, but how she would look at all those things. So, in the midst of all that, what did she decide? She will not go back to work, at least for the first six months. <laughs> Remember, your wife is not your daughter. <laughs> She's your wife. So, I'm like, is it? So, let me find out how to survive. But, thank God, and I think it was the baby that changed everything. You see, that this person says, he'll find the wife and the good thing. And one moment my family finds a good thing. Pass. The favor is there. You know the favor comes. And I tend to think it's not because though God really loves us. Don't misunderstand what I'm about to say. God really does love all his children. But I tend to think God loves women so much. How to actually take a cure. Like, you know, the wife will come with a favor. And so things were a bit better when we got married. But when we got the baby, things now started. Things actually picked and I was thinking that though God will not let this child go hungry. That was a purpose. That was a life. So I was like, okay, okay. So it's just like you're feeling like I'm in the right place with the right people at the right time. I'm just now we can say as a guru, you are living on top. So that happened. But over the time when now we are raising our baby, my wife was stuck with the idea of I have a gap in my CV. That's difficult to explain. And it's easy to explain, but you see now. From an impressive or an impression perspective, it's not a win. Which is very unfortunate because I feel it's it's giving life, creative life. Some of the biggest things uh, anyone can ever do. Actually it's the biggest thing because nothing beats that. You can be smart enough to run a business, you can be smart enough to start whatever you want, but you can't be smart enough to create life. You know, that's Makofi, Makofi, right? Makofi. And we are we are working on that thing, you know, one business at a time. Creates the right platform for women to thrive, etc. Anyway, that's another story for another day. So, she decides now to start looking at opportunities that she has had, probably doing further studies or whatever. So, at least a gap is making more sense than just I was having a baby. But at the back of my mind, what, what am I remembering? My campus research. And so, I thought, why not start with a business? And so, because because of the erratic nature of my job in architecture, 
leo kuna kazi kesho hauna ama uko nayo lakini ndipo which is I'm a teacher type uh, <laughs> it was like you know what let me let me do let me attempt something which is least risk not most harsh because when you talk to young people that's the numbers you really follow where do I start to make the most and that exposes you to so much risk unfortunately and you don't see it because you're like you're seeing the the, the fruit so I went to the least risk I told her you know what I've done this research there are like tons of facts uh, stats data and then she said okay fine let's let's start with farming but the goal wasn't let's farm uh, in terms of our job it was more like let this be the bit so that we can make no, no. Then once this is running and it's meeting our costs, I can find a job. And you see now that's good because even in the gap period, she's managing most enterprises. So it's not really a gap I, uh, that is not professionally equipped. You see. And so we did that. We tried to look for land. We were living in Sweden all the time. So we started looking at land in senior Italiala likes. Everywhere you go, it's black cotton, so it's not going to match it. But you are like, we can work through this. You know, you see people exporting French beans, and you're like, we can do this. Uh, we can do even pigs, because pigs don't care. You know, so... <laughs> uh, so uh, we're looking for land, but over time, as you keep on looking for land, you're looking at the distance from home. She left her baby home, which is the problem you're trying to solve. You now you're creating another one. And you look at traffic, the hassle, and you see when you have a choice, not to go to work. You will not go. You know, if I'm supposed to go to my farm four or five times a week, but in Wiki, you will not go. And so over time, you start realizing that that ripples into mismanagement. And so we're like, do we really want to do this? So we say, you know what, let's look for uh, a parcel of land that has a house. Because my job is favorable in the sense that I am where my site is. Okay, even if I have an office, you will never build where my office is. You know, you'll always build where you bought land. And so if the land is in Meru, if it's in Nakuru, I will still go. So it makes no difference between living in Langata, or in Chetumau, or in Sibia, you will still travel far. So go somewhere where rent is negligible, translate that into fuel. So that now Madame can just wake up and just walk to her. Go somewhere where? Go somewhere where my costs are greatly reduced, so it's much cheaper. That money is translated into fuel because now I still have to go to sites. Okay? And then now she has the opportunity to, 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 to go to, to her farm without worrying about uh, traffic or oh, where I have my or do I have this. She'll just walk there. And so we would not risk mismanagement because she's, her eyes are always on the ground. So we decided to do that, talk to a friend of mine. Uh, who had ever lived in the movie because when we did our survey around Nairobi, the metropolitan, uh, the campus of Nairobi, the only place that is mostly developed for agribusiness is the Ngong is a bit of many worlds. Rongai is not so well developed in terms of agribusiness. This is agribusiness, really. It's not that has developed. If, if you have learned in Rongai, please don't feel it. If you want to build in Rongai, please, I design only in but when, but when you look at Mwong, you look at Machakos, Chitimok, Tendela, you look at Tongai, you look at Thika, Thika is the second best. But Thika is not as cheap. Thika is a bit uh, on the higher side, cost-wise. 
And so the good thing with Zika is it's difficult to, it's not difficult to get something to do. There's so many industries, all the quality feed suppliers are in Zika, so if you want to do livestock, that's a good place to be. But now, land and, and, and insecurity in those areas are slightly higher than what I wanted. But also Zika is on its own, in terms of, if you need to go anywhere from Zika, you have to use the superhighway at a time, you know, and from there, you know, you know, you know navigate if it's West Lanzago, if it's Kikuyu, whatever. And at last time, I had a site in Yokong, so going is directly opposite. The superhighway is over. No, it's going to be difficult. But now Limuru, you can access Kiambu, you can access Kikuyu, Wayakili, you can access yeah, many other places and you avoid traffic. And so once in Kikuyu, be on the Vipers, once in the Vipers, the opportunity to endless, it can be a about Gong Road, whatever. So that's why it was the most ideal. Therefore, also the fact that it's very highly developed agribusiness-wise. So we thought, let's do Limuru. We went, we found a house, and fortunately that was the first house we had checked and that was it, we were happy. Like this is it. We moved. We started. I think that's what we've been doing until now. I've, I've spoken a lot about my history, but yes, <laughs> that's where we are now. Where you are now is Limuru. There's a there's a farm. Your architectural farm has now gone to the stars and beyond. And just give you guys a, a, a brief of not brief, just highlight of. The farm, what's there, what do you have currently, what are you doing in terms of, I don't know if they can share revenue, maybe it's too much to share. Because um, now things switched, because you shared about um, in the beginning, wife was Maka uh, and quit the job, came to Niniwa out, but now things remain uh, the other way. Just briefly on that, then I'm talk about investing with Niniwa. So, uh, there are two ways to making money. Okay, there are hundreds of ways. But I will summarize mine into two strategies. You can increase your output and you can decrease your costs. Those are two very important ways. And so you'll find someone who has the same output, money-wise, same revenue, but they reduce their costs by even up to 90% and they'll make more money. And there are others who will do that, the inverse. They will still get large. <laughs> but quadruple the revenue, okay? But no one says you can't do both. You see, no one, no one says you can't grow both uh, avenues. So the moon gave us a chance to not only increase our output, but decrease our costs. Uh, I don't know whether anyone of you has ever shopped in uh, Sokoyali Muru, but it's very fresh and very cheap. And the thing is, in the Muru, in the Muru, uh, I have a small parcel of land uh, that we have leased, uh, and so does everyone else. Some it's land they have, it's family land, whatever. Everyone has land. Everyone has kuma. Everyone has spinach. When they bring it to the soko, who is buying? Exactly. And so the prices are really low. You find that a bunch of spinach in the soko is about 10 shillings or 5 shillings. A whole bunch. Something which you buy here at 20 shillings. Okay? 40, think that bad, but then you know. You never have 40, you came here and you never have a shot. And that is when I go to the soccer, my neighbor sells towards a kilo, at 20 shillings a kilo. 
Just translate that kilo is it's like a whole. That basically now, when I cut it under, that's a kilo. You buy that at twenty shillings. My family is small. We will feed on that for probably two, three years. Okay. So there are ways you can reduce your costs. We have like a small capacity where we put chicken. Now, we wanted to also eat meat without going to butcher it. And so when you do your math, so when you do your factorial calculations, you will see that chicken, if they produce at, let's say even Wakitaga fights, five parangas. We all have a time to see anything in the soil, this is what we do sometimes. Yes. Even if Kunatushui fight, five of them, per chicken. If you want to eat at the end chicken once a week, for a whole year, it technically means how many chicken are you eating? 52. Now, if your calculations are really bad and your management is really bad, it technically means that if one chicken produces itself, which is impossible because eggs are another five or in multiples, okay? But if one chicken produces itself, then how many chicken do you need? If, if you count one to production, or two production should be less. It is bad, two production is really bad. But anyway, if you're doing it means that you need 26 chicken. Only. Just to put it in perspective, these two boxes can fit 26 chicken comfortably. So we started with 40 in the arts. Over and above, we go to the Kufa, we go to the river, we go So that's what we started with. So that at least we, we are sort of, you know, at least every week. So you're eating Kenyaji organic at almost zero cost. But anyway, they're getting there. So they eat meat. That's a good thing with Kenyaji chicken. So they'll give you eggs and they'll give you meat. And so we stopped by that. My daughter was serious a milk gallon, so we thought that we don't want to have a cow or two, so at least one cow is a second one for our neighbors. That's what we were thinking at the time. But we didn't think of it as a business. So we just wanted to do that. Because my, my daughter at that time was consuming one and a half packets a day. And she was a poor figure. So if you don't give her milk, she'll sleep hungry. You know, and so. One and a half, and then this is get Bambanya and I on the same or probably do almost three packets a day. In a box, a 12 packet, you know how much? Around 6700, okay? That 12 pack will take us four days, or like you know, tricks. So, those are the things that were making us think, okay, let's see how to reduce our cost. What about the fact that in the middle, Rent is much cheaper than Nairobi. So the same size of uh, property. Okay? So that's what we were thinking. So when we went and found a house, the house was very run down. It was a very old house. It was built in 1990. And so the early 90s. So the first thing, at least being in the construction space, I knew what to do, what to touch on, to turn it around. So I told the, it was also a baggage, by the way. So I just told the landlord, we're not even charging what we have to do. It is so he gives it by, I think, almost 20. Just initially at the time. And we did the renovation. So when, when you go to a new area where you don't know anyone, uh, what is the first thing you do? You walk up to see what's going in the area, what can you find, etc. So I did that, only for me to realize you go to a stretch, like a stretch of the road, daily cooperative, daily cooperative, daily cooperative, daily cooperative, animal feeds, animal feeds, cow feeds. So, you don't invent the wheel. I was like, if these guys are this much, then there has to be something about it in this area. So upon further research, I realized that Lumul is the second largest producer of milk around Nairobi. 
the first being Gitongori, which is 20 meters from the Moro really. So it's one large happy family of milk production. Okay? So I sat down with one of the cooperatives, uh, one of the efficient sales from the cooperative, and I asked them uh, just a few questions. The math I got was like, there's no need to play in your business. Because in the Muru, these cooperatives fight for farmers. Now, whenever you're doing any business, you want to think about market. Okay? Where will I sell my goods or services? When you're in a space where people are fighting for your goods or your services, that's a good place to be in. Like, it's a no brainer. So, the end, so we're like, let's not do two. Let's start at like four. So that uh, those three, because on average, the math that person was giving me was a cow should be about 15k a month in terms of net. One cow. So, we're like, uh, if one feeds us and the other three, that should be able to get up some few bills here and there. Okay? So, so we said two, because we're like, kuna learning curve. And then ambili, and then we add two. But that's what I tell you on paper. <laughs> okay? Per ground. Volume. So, we found that our logistics were very intensive because our volume was small. Okay? At the time, we were producing about uh, 50 liters of milk a day. And we thought, yes, from the four. And we thought we were doing so well. Apparently we were not, because those are bad cows. Because now experienced guys would come and visit our farm. They were thoroughly impressed by it. And I, my wife runs the farm. I am support staff. But they are both, they are both directors. So, guys would come and look at Madame, and they'd ask her to go and call Mze. Mze, in this case, is not her husband. Father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, it's, it is possible. Makofi, Makofi, it is possible. So, when we were starting out, uh, volumes were not so much because we thought, ah, we can be able to do this. Only to realize that because the volumes are small, everything is on you. There's no support, there's no guidance, there's no funding. It's you doing Bring the milk to the cooperative, so you're paying to whatever order to take it. That's getting into. We were translating everything into liters of milk. So, but the one who can make a in the three liters of milk works. You know, so carry your deductive from your own revenue. Until you realize that uh, there's someone who is looking for guidance for you. Then that's how the life will be But if you know, if you have volume, you can sell to an estate. You can actually make your own key, your own butter. You can sell this thing. Or even you can approach a factory, a yoga factory, and they will buy. That's when we made the decision to put on hold any other investment we thought we would want to do. We went fully into, into daily. And so now there are 13 cows. And so now the idea was keep growing your volume so that you have partnerships with factories, not with daily cooperatives. So daily cooperatives will do like 43, 44 shillings a liter. Please don't, that's just the price cooperative will buy a liter at. I don't know what the price per packet is now. This is why it's good to have a cow, but I won't finish that gospel today. So, a cooperative. And you can't be how many liters per, per day now? 
So right now we are at about 140, 150, but we're scheduled, it's because a few have not given birth. We're scheduled to do 250 in three months, or two months, actually. And that's per day, per day. So, factories will buy at 49, 48, 50 shillings a liter, which is much better. So we thought, why not do this now, and then make sure it is well established. Then we go back to our initial plan, Madame, at the marketplace, we all that. So at some point that changed, but I think we'll talk about that later. Yes. So that's that's where we are to lots of video. Makofi, Makofi at the farm that run. Now, so briefly, um, you've talked a lot about investment, you've talked a bit about um, I think you couldn't do this without putting money aside, you talked about saving, you saved the development to such a fast business. Now to grow a business in Madame, where you're uh, some money, director, one of the support staff. Support staff. <laughs> so touch briefly on this and um, tie that to financial freedom today. Sai, things are thick. Briefly, you have about six minutes easy, and then I'll open it up for questions. And how do we handle debt? Uh, is it good? Uh, you find yourself in debt? Are we doing some of these things in debt? Are you in any debt? Um, and then, how? How do we thrive today? I know there's someone listening going, okay, that's all good, but I think you've done it because you, you started a business, you're Kashika, you're farm, you're an architect, you're doing this, your family. Speak to that. Debt is almost inevitable for entrepreneurs in this day and space. And I'm not saying this because I am pro debt amassing debt, but it's where we are economically, even globally. You look at a country or an economy like the States, they, they rely heavily on credit, heavily. And so you want to look at it and understand, are there pros and cons to this? Because there has to be some pros, okay? The other decision we have to clearly make and understand is we are not paying debt from our eight to five. I think that's, that's the wrong way to go about it because we'll be very strained. Okay, so you look at your normal job, you say, I'm making this amount of money. If we took this loan, I can pay this in per six months, for example. That's what is commonly done, but it's a difficult way to go about it because whatever you're investing in has to be able to pay necessary itself. Okay, and so even from the math, I've just been able to share briefly. The 13 cows are, say 12, because one is my daughter's, you know. So, <laughs> The 12 would give you, the 15k by there was the line, it depends on the kind of cow you have. But you're looking at the 12 cows and what they give you, even if you're looking at the 200 liters per day. 200 liters is about 10,000 a day. 10,000 is about 3,000, 3,000 a month. Your operational cost would be anything between 40 to 60%. And so you're looking at that and you're thinking, okay, so if I'm going to get cows now from the Lord, and I'm using cows as any other example, it could be anything. If we get cows now, how long will they take before they start paying off? Now, if I was to take a million shillings, for example, in terms of a loan, a million shillings from the math I've just given you, uh, it means if you calculate 40% of 300,000, you add one, what? 120 there about. So, if you're making 120 net, because you must eat, you must buy, you say that probably two thirds of it will go back to loan repayment. Okay? Or even three quarters if you decide that. That means 90k can go back to loan repayment. And that's an assured business. Why? Because cooperatives fight 
Okay? So if you look at that example, you're like, okay, 90k, a million shillings, I need about 10 months. 11 months, sorry. Yes. So if I go to, to ask for a loan, because you have a learning curve and you have a recovery time period, you're going to say, give me a loan and I'll repay in, in 18 months. Six months, you just break and say, fine. We're covering some debt, we're improving the farm, learning curve. So you see, you're, you still have your 85. You've not pressed your 85 to pay this, this particular loan. That is the right way to go about that, where the business pays itself, not where I can cover and then the business in five years will give me money. There are certain businesses that can do that, particularly when people are borrowing that for government bonds and the likes in the money market fund. But I would think there is the right time for a right investment. The investments you can do uh, that pay you daily, the investments that you can do that pay you every 20 years. And so the reason also why we went for daily instead of others of starting with daily is because of the daily payout. So you realize that, fine, you started a business, you took it alone, and the business is making X amount of revenue. And you're happy with that revenue, but you get the revenue every six months or every one year. So that means if you're stuck in month two, you will wait. So if someone asks you, would you rather make 50,000 a month and I'm paying you daily, or would you rather make 200 a month, but I start paying you after 10 years? You see, many people go for the toilet because the math shows 200, but you're not seeing 10 years of struggle. You're not seeing the 50K now that will make you add your production, and now the 50K becomes 100. You add, and that becomes 200. For a year, he said that I will, I will not eat into the business for a year, and it will buy back. So I am not, I will not demonize that, but there are wrong ways to go about that, and that becomes baggage decades in that you can avoid. Yes. Talk to us about financial freedom now. What what can people do? Because, like you said, now um, you've come from a place of um, starting a business, got sick. Wife he came to take care of you. But now things changed. You know, now who's taking care of her? Which is God's amazing doing in your life. But then how how how, how do you speak to someone today in the level with the inflation with all of this? How do I become financially free? Yeah. I'd like us to just briefly uh, I'll ask two people. One to read Ecclesiastes eleven and the other James four. So, if I'm an I don't know how you Ecclesiastes 11. I can read. Who wants to read? You will read verse. Verse 1 to 4. Verse 1 to 4, Ecclesiastes 11. I'm reading from the NIV. Ship your grain across the sea. After many days, you may receive a return. Invest in seven ventures. Yes, in eight. You do not know what disaster may come upon the land. If the clouds are full of water, they pour rain on the earth. Whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where it falls, there it will lie. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. So, this is God, who can see the end from the beginning, 
wisdom ni ilo nanti nak sahaja strike. You have to responses. Kaya ni leh God, big God, big way. Disaster, kita boleh make up through. Or they actually be a good child and listen and say, fine, my father has said this, I should take it. Okay, and invest in seven, even eight. Cast your bread upon many waters. And the wisdom that, by the way, a lot of the business wisdom here being peddled around with business schools, a lot of them have biblical backing. If you just read Proverbs, you'll see almost everything they keep saying. Okay? But if you cast your bread upon many waters, the understanding is the risks are not identical. Now, the seven, unfortunately, in my, in my opinion, the seven, eight businesses cannot be. I do chicken feet, chicken, eggs, because the risks affect a similar, a similar pool. Okay. I will do chicken, I will do calf, I will do architecture, I will do even things that are completely unrelated. And the reason is uh, the risks will cancel each other out. Okay. I have a friend who got into uh, supplies and that's when I was also doing my architecture. And this was tough for him. And then uh, I was like, hey, see you solve a different problem. But he stuck it out. COVID happened. Covid happened. Him that masks, You see, so different risks affect businesses differently. Okay, and so you have to be at peace. There's this facade or this bubble people tell themselves in that I can't, and even see the even on Shark Tank, I can't invest in a business that I don't. I can't invest in a business which I don't have money in. Guess what? Uh, you're circling your your value into a risk any uh, business that has similar risks to another that you're doing. It's a bit dangerous to do. So if you are comfortable with farming, you've never done farming before, I've never done Mombasa. Mombasa. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Mombasa the farthest to go in terms of farming is climb up a tree, get your coconut, and that's it. I wait for Yes, or we wait, it falls. Yes, we, we can't break our backs, you know. So. <laughs> You have to venture into a field very different from yours because you're also balancing out your risk, you're cancelling them out. And so that is one thing. Another thing is you need to be very cognizant of where the market is going. Okay? Africa, or rather Kenya, specifically cannot meet that degree, rather is barely making 35% of its food security. It's addressing that percentage, which technically means that I am a dairy farmer. If I spoke to all of you about dairy farming, and you all got into dairy farming, we still do not need it. And that is if all of you are going big, we will still not meet the need. The other day when you were having a milk shortage, uh, Gidonguri and Limuru cooperatives, uh, they have required about 12% milk production increase. So how do you address that gap? Only for you to realize that in West Africa, there are milk shortage, and so Brookside decided to export more than milk in, milk powder, and what was it? So, <laughs> but that happened, okay? And so you're looking at, at, at that scenario, and you want to say, fine, let me, let me try to put my foot in things that are basically something which you won't struggle with market-wise. There's this other bubble which I disagree with, and I have facts. <laughs> in my disagreement is that people say not all of us are entrepreneurs. Some of us are for employment and we make it work. Others are gifted in Piyashara. The reason why that is not a viable argument 
is because number one, you're basing it, chances are you're not basing it on your own career, you're basing it on a career of someone in a present community. That someone will not pay your bills. So ask yourself, will your employment meet your needs 10 years from now with surplus? Okay. Number two, uh, that, that curtain people hide behind is basically coming from two major concerns. The first is something may be too complex and not familiar with that field. I will mess up. Okay? Yes, and you'll find that uh, for some, for some businesses, they are not complicated at all. It is difficult to get cow-feeding wrong. They will eat in the morning, they'll be milked. They will eat in the afternoon, they'll be milked. There are commercial feed premixes that you can feed them. It's pretty much oversight, chakula dausafi, that is it. So when you say it's too complicated, what exactly is? Is it the businesses you see your peers or your relatives doing, or is it a business that you think you can actually do? Can you take it far, far less intensive? You just feed them whatever they, they'll be fed, okay? And they will survive and they'll give you eggs. And so it's you to decide which is the least complex with the least risk. Of course, the money will also translate into a lower figure, but you have to be content with that because what you're telling yourself is come rain, come shine. I need to be in business. Okay? So that's the first curtain, the one that is too complex. The second curtain, money. Oh, I want to, but there's no money. Yes. Something as simple as Kenyaji chicken, and we're running a math the other day. Chicken, Kenyaji chicken are not as expensive to procure. Okay? A thousand Kenyaji chicken will cost about uh, $350. If you take them when they are younger, you can even get them for lower. That looks like a lot of money because they're like, okay, fine. I'm barely making rent. How do I get the 50K? Even if you have to decide, let me start with 100. 100 is 20K to 35K. Okay? And you say, I won't touch the business for a year. They will just reproduce. You'll get to the 1,000 or even more in less than two years. Okay? Then naturally, the business begins. You, you'll only get 10% of the trees of the chicken you have. So if you have 1,000, you could get 100 trees. A tree goes for 500 shillings. That's 50k per week. Just say it again. So, 100, you notice the eggs will only transfer 10% of the chicken you have. So if you have 1,000 chicken, you're expecting 100 trees at the end of the week. Okay? Each tree goes for about 500 shillings. That's 50,000 a week. 50,000 a week. Kenyaji chicken. But if your business, people attempt or aim to operate at 30 to 33% operational cost, which means that I am losing a third. So if you remove a half because you don't know what you're doing, that's 25k a week, that's 100k a month. For animals, you will deal with for 30 minutes a day, and you bounce your job. 30 minutes. I've not said broilers there because they're very susceptible to diseases, they're fragile, they require time. I'm doing a business which will still give you your time. Okay? So, when you start saying costs, if you can find 20k in business, just need to have the 20k and half time. If you don't have time because probably you borrowed a loan, then borrow the loan. Start big, something which is least risk, least intensive. And if you look at a thousand chicken, if you have to borrow the 350k, and start up uh, in a thousand chicken. You can decide to, when still selling the eggs, that's 
We said it's a hundred k net a month. It technically means in four months you have paid back the money. Four months. Let me put four months into perspective. We are in July. Four months is before December. That's four months in perspective. So okay, I'm gonna in December. <laughs> you understand? Four months is now. And so when you start saying uh, money, the only thing is what other countries realize, especially in the agribusiness field, is that if you don't have money, then you have to you have to have time. Okay? If you're working for a loan, you don't have time. You don't have time, so you're going to have to start big so that you pay off the loan. The good thing of starting big is the minute you're done with the loan, financial freedom begins there. Now financial freedom is not what people think in terms of this guy can afford fuel when it's 159. This guy can drive a good car. That's not financial freedom. Okay? That is affluence. That is borderline extravagance. If that's the idea you're thinking. Financial freedom is if my wife and I decided to sit at home for a month and not go anywhere, will we survive? That is what financial freedom is. And so you'll find that if your cost, if your fixed cost a month, about 100,000, for example, or even 50, then your investment should give you more than that, 10, 20% above. That's financial freedom. Because you want to have enough to pay your bills, but you also don't want to be hand to know. You also want the 10% because Dr. Fred needs his time. <laughs> you also need to save. Amen. 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 You also need to save for a rainy day. You also need to reinvest. So you can say if our running costs are 50k, can we aim for 100? Now, it's blood, sweat, and tears. But when you get the 100, you start making very friendly decisions because you can stay home and raise your kids right. They will not be subject to watch Netflix or the peanut hotel. You'll spend time with them. They're very, parents have difficult conversations with their children. And it, it helps for you to be around. I remember one of my clients telling me uh, the other day, she was a teenage daughter. The daughter came and asked, asked, asked her, what is homosexuality? They have never spoken about sex. Okay, she's not a teenage, she's 11. Yes, they've never spoken about sex, like he But it's borderline from there all the way to, like, zero to 100 really fast. You see, and she has to answer that question. If you're not available for your children to answer such queries, where do they get the answers? They'll get them from a CNA, a space, uh, a point of information, which does not demonize it, but actually glorifies it. Now, when the day your child comes and tells you they are homosexual, you ask yourself, where did it start? And you, then you think, oh, I'm not a good parent. No, it's financial freedom. It's, the tentacles are that fast spread out. And so you want to value the most important things. Uh, that when your time is up, you're like, I did not waste my time. I know my time is fast spent. But just the last verse, I said, you look at James 4. James 4. Verse 2 to, I think, 4, but let me just uh, confirm that. Yes, verse 2 to verse 5. James 4 to 5, you know, to read. So let me read. James 4 to 5, I'm reading from the NIV. 
you desire but you do not have, so you kill. You covet but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that the jealousy that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? I'm sure this is a verse you're probably familiar with. You have not because you ask not. And sometimes you think what you mean. So you go and pray and tell God our problems. There's a difference between God, I don't have rent, please provide, and God, I want to start a business, you pay rent. These are two very different requests. Same problem. So you go to go with a problem, you go to go with a problem, you know solutions, but you don't ask for the solutions. Sometimes the hardest barrier to cross is telling yourself, I can start. And so the minute you cross that barrier, your prayers change. And you actually ask. But you see, especially in my age group, but in my age group, When you're looking at cars, for example, so you have a lot of that and so you want to ask yourself what's your goal why do you want what you want for some people, they want financial freedom so that they can borrow. So that you have the best, like, you know, you know. So, you have guys who are like that. And so, verse 5 is very important. Paraphrased, it says, Don't you think God, being your heavenly father, looks at what will destroy you? He yearns jealousy of your spirit and denies that. Just so that you don't shipwreck your faith. And so you realize that, oh, I've prayed for this thing 10 years, I've not received it. And you've not questioned your motives. I have, and, and even having given my, my history, I had struggled for the longest time since probably campus until when I got married, trying to make it big, trying to start a business. Things are not working out. Until I realized I want to take care of my wife and my children. God opened those doors. And so the why is so important. This is assuming you're going to God for these things. Because the world will also show you many other ways to go for these things. You're going to God, check your motive. So you want to make money. Okay, fine. Given the fact that your family now, even if it consumes 200 months, then you turn it here or even 300 if you want to Crawford, international school. If you're doing 300,000 a month, okay, you start a business that gives you a million shillings, then what? It's the goal to amass something that you cannot be buried with. You know, do you want to take that opportunity and say, fine, God, we need 300,000, even if it's affluent, even if it's stronger. They have their own family and their own desires and how they want to run their, their things. You tell God, I we need 300 a month. We want to support the church at 50 a month. We want to be saving even 50 a month. So God gave 400. 
and this is what I need it for. That technically means that if God gives you 500 and Pastor Third comes and says, we want to buy land in the church. That is a true test of your heart and how money is for your heart. Will you say, to me, that is on me, give me the extra. Pastor Third is just one many other things. It could be your siblings who needed you for a long time. It could be your parents who don't even have a shelter to live in. It could be anything else. It could be a children's home you support. It could be anything. Okay? The truth is, is when you have what you need, you give what you do not need. Now, if the answer is no, everybody knows your heart. You think he will give it to you? You will struggle. You will struggle. You decide, oh, I'm a union architect. Work is not coming by. I go through a regular Kenyan greasing system. I will attempt to make money, but I will not have peace. Losses left right and center. I'm just hearing. Leo news. okay. You know, that's, 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 that's what I would like to do. So the why becomes a very important pre-requirement that you have to do. You have the right motivations, you have the right objectives, that's the beginning of financial freedom. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. at Trubani House off Airport North Road. Have a blessed week.